Hello, welcome to another episode of the Military Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and today we are going to talk about connecting with your kids. And I have a very special guest who is unrehearsed in podcasts, and his name is Deshaun. It's, it's my son, and we're going we're gonna to talk about how adults can connect with kids, and we're going to get a child's perspective on it. He's 14 years old, just recently completed the eighth grade going into high school next year. So his perspective is definitely uh, applicable to folks that has kids in the middle school uh, grades and transitioning to high school. So what's going on? How do you feel? This is your first podcast. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Does it feel awkward? Yeah. So when I did my first podcast, I actually started off by Telling everybody I was going to mess everything up because I had no idea what I was doing. Did you listen to that one? No. Of course not, because your dad made it. <laughs> so, um, we're going to have a organic conversation. And I think what I'm interested in knowing, I think what everybody's interested in knowing, is what type of communication methods work when parents talk to their kids and try to get across tough lessons. So. You've had every type of punishment and every type of engagement that I think is available in the parenting uh, handbook that has never been written. So what do you think is the, the most effective way when you do something wrong and we're trying to communicate to you why it was wrong? What do you think is the most effective uh, way to, to deliver that? Um, I would say like be a little bit laid back, but not too laid back and kind of assess the situation of what's most appropriate and kind of keep calm and don't get too emotional about it because it kind of um it gets rid of the whole point of what you're trying to do and it doesn't get across to your kid if you're screaming or making a big deal out of it and showing um how you feel so i remember when i was a kid and my dad would talk to to my older brother you know uncle p or junior as we call him and sometimes when you know my dad would get passionate and he would be trying to get something across to him because he was messing up in school or he did something wrong in the house and he would sit there and he would have this nonchalant look in his face as if he was not receiving the message that was that he was trying to communicate and i think sometimes when parents talk to their kids i know i personally have seen that look and it's like, is, are they registering anything or are they just staring off in the space? Like they just don't, they're not, you know, understanding or at least, you know, trying to comprehend um, the issue the parent has. So what actually goes on in your head, even in the laid back situation, what are you thinking? Um, when it's not laid back, I'm thinking I'm screwed and I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen next and how I can kind of calm down the situation. But if it's laid back, then... It's a little bit more intimidating sometimes because it's kind of unexpected and but it's it's a better situation to deal with versus something that's more um, pumped up with emotions and stuff. Yeah, so I mean, I think feedback is probably what parents look for when they talk to their kids. And, and I know when kids get to a certain age, all, all kids aren't created equal, but I know when, when kids get to a certain age, they tend to start to get, um, you know, dismissive. And, and what's important for parents is to know that 
I give you some information as far as what I'm thinking and then you communicate back and say, I understand and then feedback. So do you think that's something that um, is, it doesn't feel natural for kids or why do you think that kids don't give that feedback? Um, it depends on the person, to be honest. Like sometimes it, it depends on the kid's personality because sometimes you might have a kid that just doesn't care or a kid that's a little bit more responsive depending on how he normally or he or she normally behaves so it's, it varies yeah so i think i think that's a difficult thing and, and i i believe that that's probably what's most concerning to parents is everybody's trying to figure out how to get through to their kids and you know normally when teenagers hit a certain age everything becomes about them like they don't care about anything else um that parents have to talk about um, unless it has something to do with with their their limited world, so I know it's very difficult um, to get through the to, to the kids. So as far as like the, I was having a discussion with another one of your uncles about, and you may have overheard the conversation, but we were talking about um, setting limitations for your kids and preparing them for um, for the type of things in life that they might engage in that is not uh, positive. For example. Um, if your kids might potentially start cursing when they get to high school or they might start using drugs and the conversation was, do you set a hard line in the sand and say, don't do it at all? Or do you say, if you do certain things, this is what you should do. For example, if you do decide to drink, then you should call somebody to pick you up. You know, so in, in your mind as a kid, do you think if those type of provisions were given to you to say, if you do go to high school and drink that you should call somebody but don't drink do you think that giving you the extra gray area conversation would cause you to feel like okay if i were to drink just as long as i call somebody i'm okay or do you think that would still keep in your mind that the overall idea was don't do the bad thing what do you think how do you think you would process that i would say like you have to explain it to them and why it's bad but then also make sure that you tell them that if it does happen then there's going to be consequences but also do this if that happens because if you just say oh you're going to get in trouble if you do this then it discourages the person of um calling someone or do it, making the right decision and that probably leads to more severe um uh, consequences yeah. so 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 what you're saying is that when you when Parents talk to their kids about the tough conversations, the things that we preferably don't want them to do, that you should give the hard line and then push the line out a little bit more and say, if you find yourself in this situation, then this is what you should do in response to that gray area past that that zero line that you're not supposed to cross. That's what you that's what you Yeah, mean. because if you just say that there's gonna be consequences, then that person's probably not gonna wanna say anything. And then if they do drink, then they might get um, in an accident because they were drinking and driving because they didn't want to tell anyone that uh, they were drinking and they didn't want to get in trouble so it's best to um, tell them not to do it but then also give them instructions on what to do if they do um, go through with that decision so some good points there um, one thing that you know I like to discuss is how you know kids spend most of their time away from parents and away from deliberate influence because from the time that you wake up in the morning, you're downstairs by yourself, getting dressed, you know, 30 minutes later, you're out in the house, you're gone for six, seven hours at school, you get off at school, 
Um, then you go to your room, you're on your cell phone, engaging with your friends online, might be on TikTok or YouTube. And then you come downstairs for an hour or so for, for dinner. So there's more external influences that is competing with the, the deliberate structuring that parents are given. And you know, there's other external influences um, tugging at you. So for, for parents to understand how much do you think um, social media and external influences actually compete uh, with the, the deliberate shaping that parents try to achieve with their kids? Um, it depends if your kid's a follower or a leader, because if they're a follower, then they're more vulnerable to um, being influenced by friends or social media. But if your kid is more of a leader and isn't really much of a follower, then you're kind of fine on that. Um, department of worrying about if your kid's being influenced by outside sources because me personally I don't really get influenced by anything I see online um, like to curve my whole behavior um, along with like the friends part but like I said if your kid tends to follow people then it's more of a problem but if your kid kind of thinks thinks for himself or Mm. herself then um, you don't have that big of a problem. Yeah, so so I think that that's that's kind of reassuring too. Is that what when you say that you're not, you know, something that you see online will curve your whole behavior. And I think as parents, you know, when we're raising kids from a young age, our first thought is that if he hears a song with curse words in it, then it's going to make him start cursing. If he sees a video that's suggestive of a particular thing, like who's that guy? Is it Andrew Tate? Andrew Tate. Yeah. So Andrew Tate is a you know popular, um, you know. TikTok personality and, and thank goodness they recently banned him and, and he's not he's not as I mean he literally took over the platform for a while you couldn't scroll two videos without seeing an Andrew Tate video but he has some some extreme views on on masculinity and stuff like that and some things make sense but a lot of it you know my opinion is radical and I know that you've come across some of those uh, those videos and, and uh, you know you run around seeing top G all the time um, and you know, for, as, from the parents' perspective, um, we're always afraid that somebody like that might come and grasp and take hold of your kid and, and shape their mind in a way that's radicalized or not um, not aligned with the values of the household or or how the parents want to raise their kid. Um, so it's good to know that you know there's certain attributes of a kid that can anchor them in a way that they can't be totally redirected based off of a, a video that they see online, which um, I know that when you were younger, we, we highlighted traits that we felt like, okay, he's being a follower here. And we deliberately spoke about that um, and you know, to kind of refocus you towards being a leader versus a follower. So, um, so let's talk about, you know, the experiences that you've had in school have you had any any type of experience where somebody's trying to influence you to behave a certain way or do certain things that you feel were outside of your home home teachings uh yeah there's plenty of times but like not directly influencing me but the influence was present in the school so back in graph um my old school uh there's a lot of people vaping or um doing weed in the bathrooms and stuff and some of the people that thought wouldn't do it actually ended up doing it and I kind of came to a conclusion to where I need to cut off some people 
and keep my circle a little bit um, tighter. And I was disappointed in them and I tried to tell them not to do it. So sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't, but I can't change a person and I'm not gonna put in 100% effort into influencing a person that I know isn't gonna change because they're trying to be cool and following everyone else. And that was like the norm and they were doing a bunch of um, stuff that can harm your body at a young age and just in general. Um, they're doing themselves a disfavor. So that was something that was um, very uh, active at my last school. Yeah, and, and I think it's, it's always disappointing uh, when you see people that's that that's close to you making poor choices and, and you're thinking that this is somebody that you can keep in your circle and grow with them. And then the first opportunity that they have, they just kind of bear off and do something that definitely is not in line with, with you know, your values. Uh, and I think that's, you know, parenting is, is an active sport, you know, for 18 years. And, and I always joke around and tell you that my job is to make sure that you survive childhood, right? Because kids will, will drive themselves off of a cliff the first opportunity that you get because you don't have the refinement and the critical thinking skills that adults have uh, based off of experience. And, you know, that's why parenting has to be an active sport where you're constantly observing, checking, guiding, you know, uh, mentoring. It has to be a constant thing. Um, and, and I think, do you, do you find value in the, the long talks? We have a lot of long conversations, you know, when I, when I trap you in the vehicle, driving home from basketball practice for 30 minutes, uh, and then sometimes I'm talking to you and I see you nodding off, you know, in the passenger seat. So do you find value in the time spent um, having those conversations? Or do you do you find it like, oh, man, here he goes rambling again. You know, I can't wait till we get to the house. No, I do find value in it because it shows that you care. But and it's also better than um, like the regular punishments some parents would give their kids because it it's more. Um, I feel like it's a better way of dealing with situations than uh, getting a beating or getting your stuff taken away. And sometimes that might have to be the case depending on how severe the situation is. But I feel like it's a more um, mature thing to do for like both sides. And you'll get further, um, you're, you'll get your point across um, at the end of the day compared to all the other um, ways people deal with those type of situations. So so what do you think is like the the most unsuccessful approach that parents take towards parenting and trying to get their kids to go in the right direction? I would say yelling, screaming. Um, yeah, basically that. Because I mean, sometimes beatings work, but I feel like that's more of like when you're younger, like it makes you scared to um, do what you did again. But like as you get older, it's like just, kind of annoying and you're like just didn't really do anything you might not want to have that happen again but like it's better if you just deal with it in a more chill manner yeah so so i definitely you know understand that that um talking talking is, is effective um and, and and i think you know the reason why you know we start off uh, the discipline cycle with you know just like for example uh, when you train um your pet Right, and, and sometimes a pet might not know that walking into the street might cause them to get hit by a car or licking hot sauce off the floor might cause them to burn their tongue. You know, they just don't know. So, um, you know, we, we do things to kind of shock the system to create that 
that that uh, feeling of urgency that if if I do this thing, there's a consequence. Because like I say all the time, our job is to keep you from dying uh, before you turn 18. And and kids always are looking for opportunities, especially at a young age. You know, you walk into the street, you pull on pots that are on the stove. You know, you try to drink. Remember when you ate those those beads, the silica beads from the. <laughs> So, so we failed uh, at parenting at that point in time because you were eating silica beans. But you know, like parents have to implement strong punishments um, because that's what society is going to do. You know, when you become an adult, there's not going to be a police officer that's going to pull you, you know, pull you to the side and give you a long lecture when you make a, a you know, a mistake that that's supposed to result in going to jail. You know, they're going to talk to you. The only, the only conversation they're going to have is reading the Miranda rights. And then after that, it's the, it's the difficult punishment of going to jail. So, you know, at home, it's a microcosm of of, of society. It's, we're, we're the local law enforcement. And our job is to try to create a realistic, um, you know, risk, reward, implementation of consequence you know that similar to what you would experience when you become an adult because at that point in time um, we don't have the ability to throttle you know what you will experience in the way of punishment anymore because then we hand you over to the world and your boss issues you the, you the punishment punishment the court system issues you the punishment your relationship issues issues you the punishment it'll come from a lot of different sources where we can just sit back and advise at that point so you know i think from the punishment perspective you know what we try to do as parents is to try to make sure that um you have a, a healthy respect for uh, consequences you know so that way when you go out there you make um, good choices and so i, I want to shift over to um talking about when kids are seem to be too far gone you know there's some kids that um, didn't get what they needed to get. Parents weren't paying attention that they that they didn't actively parent enough, and now the kids are at a point where they're just kind of walling out. They they're going to school, making a bunch of bad choices. They're fighting, they're cursing, they're stealing. You know, what do you think is a good approach, or have you experienced anybody in school that seemed like they were too far gone? And, and you know, do you think there's a way to get through to those type of people? I don't think I've experienced anyone that like that because we're in a dope data school, so it's a little bit um, less of an occurrence. But I would say don't give up on them right away. But like sometimes the best, like you say, the best teacher is like you experiencing it uh, for yourself. If your efforts don't um, do anything uh, to change their behavior. So you got to do what you got to do, but sometimes it's not going to work and you have to accept it and they're going to end up learning from their mistakes. And if they want to change their uh, ways of behavior, then that's up to them at that point. So there, there's this this, this uh, book that I read and it talked about this idea that even when people are not the way that you want them to be, if you refer to them in a, in a, a way like, like you want them to be, for example, if you're not you know, doing good in school. And I say, hey, Dijon, I know you're going to go to, to school today and you're going to do the best you possibly can do. You know, I know that you're, you're trying to change and you're going to, you know, um, go out there and kill it today. That it's it's possible and, and highly likely that a person will work to fulfill the statement that you made that's not necessarily true in the moment. Do you think that positive, um, positive reinforcement in that way would impact you 
if you were already doing what was right? Uh, yeah, I would say don't be negative when you're dealing with someone um, that's um, wilding out because um, that's just gonna kind of feel their behavior with a bunch of, um, I would say negative side effects because a person's not gonna care because all they're used to is uh, negative comments. So if you try to um, give them positive energy, you might have a um, better outcome. So so things like, like highlighting their positive yeah. their positive efforts and noticing like kind of celebrating the small wins you know if they do something right and just kind of try to highlight that and i think you know from that perspective i feel like you have to be really consistent and and focusing on you know the small wins because change is incremental it won't happen overnight and i feel like somebody that has a behavioral issue um that's systemic especially as they get older um, they, they're going to need that constant positive reinforcement and they're going to fall down several times. But, you know, you got to be there to continue to make them believe that they are they can be better and they're on a pathway to being better. You know, if that makes sense. So as far as, you know, kind of setting goals for the future, um, I mean, now you're going into high school, uh, you start ninth grade next year, you're four more years from you know, kind of stepping out into the real world. So what are your thoughts on like preparing, preparing for that? Like, is your mind already trying to calculate what's life going to be like when I'm independent, responsible for myself? Or do you think you're still kind of in the mindset of like, all right, I'm up still under the, the protection of my parents and, and I don't need to start the, you know, calculate my, my next move. I mean, I know that high school matters a lot because it kind of, um, it's a big, um, what's the word? It's a big um, factor of uh, how the rest of your life is going to turn out with opportunity that's going to be given to you. But it's not going to be written in stone of what um, you're capable of. But it's something I definitely need to um, keep, be on top of. Like my work, like sometimes I will kind of put it on the back burner and say I'll do it tomorrow, but then I won't. So I, I think that's one of the things I got to change going on next year. But um, other than that, I've been, I kind of have it in my head of what I got to do um, to achieve my goals and what I uh, aspire to do. So I know that you, you're kind of looking at business, you're looking at basketball, you, you, you like the technology stuff. So you're into a lot of different areas um, of interest right now. So, so, I mean, I think it's good, you know, to, to realize, and I think as parents, we, we try to calculate when's the right time to push the kid into thinking about adult stuff. It's the balance between letting kids be kids and flipping the switch to saying, okay, now it's time to start focusing on being an adult. And I think, I feel like this is the time, you know, transitioning from middle school to high school because, you know, the, the mindset and the, the way that, you know, teachers view you as like young adults, like people that don't need their hand held any, hands held anymore and, and should be um, independent enough to get the work done and, uh, you know, be uh, predictable. So so that's good. Um, so we have, you know, a few more minutes. Um, what would you say, you know, from your perspective is, is the, the like if you were to tell all the parents out there, a message on how to best communicate with your kids and and you know get them to be successful what would your your thought be i would say mentor them um try to have a 
a friend-like relationship with them. Like maybe just kind of include yourself in what they're interested in. Um, do things like me and you ride bikes together sometimes uh, when the weather is good. Just uh, create a good relationship with your kids so they want to come to you for things like advice. But versus like if you would just yell at them for their mistakes, then that kind of discourages that um, behavior. So I would just say create a, a healthy relationship with them, mentor them, become like their friend, but just kind of have that discipline. Don't be 100% their friend so that they don't have respect for you. Yeah, and I think I think that's that's pretty solid advice because a lot of times, you know, you know, we kind of assume 100% the role of a parent and, and we forget that kids are people and kids will become adults and that relationship, you know, it's, it's good to build it to be a transitional relationship to go from, um, um, you know, coaching as a kid to I'm advising as an adult. And I think, you know, it's hard to flip the switch immediately from I'm disciplining you as a child one day and then all of a sudden I respect you as an adult you know, the next day. And then that transition happens in a blink of an eye. There's not like a clear demarcation point where, you know, they go from, I mean, minus legally from 17 and 18, 18, that's a demarcation point. But when you watch the kids actively grow, you don't see that um, transition opportunity. So it's good to foster that good relationship really. So I appreciate you taking the time and, you know, you, you did a good job, your first podcast, you know, you gave some pretty good information. I, I know a lot of parents out there are always trying to figure out their kids so it's it's good to hear some um, input directly from somebody that's in that age group so thank you well all right so hope you guys learned something and you found value in this podcast and we'll get together next week and talk about something else interesting so thanks for listening